Welcome to the Sugar Science Podcast, where our mission is to highlight and connect researchers in the type 1 diabetes space. I'm Monica Wesley, your host for today's podcast. And today I have the distinct pleasure with uh, speaking with Burchak Yesida, PhD. She gained her PhD at ETH Zurich, and now she's VP of Diabetes Research at Insphero, which is located in the greater Zurich area. Welcome, Burchak. Thank you very much, Monica, for the invitation. Great pleasure. It's great to talk to you. Um, I'm wondering if you could just give our audience a little highlight of your career in the diabetes space. Yes, so uh, I'm actually managing a, a group at Insphero that has been focusing on both type 1 and type 2 disease modeling in vitro, um, majorly with uh, using um, primary human tissues. But uh, we also have interest in certain animal models and uh, certain um, stem cell derived uh, tissues as well. This is, uh, yeah, that's really fascinating. And, you know, let's talk about the newest paper that just sort of came out from your group. It was uh, just recently published in February uh, 22nd, 2021 at the Internal Journal um, of Molecular Science. Um, the paper's title was Human Islet Microtissues as an in vitro and an in vivo model system for diabetes. Really interesting paper. Can you tell us a little bit about us? Walk us through it. Yes, sure. Thank you. Um, so this was a collaboration actually with AstraZeneca and Karolinska Institute. And uh, we all share the same ambition of using relevant and predictive models for the study of uh, diabetes. Uh, and this paper itself actually mostly focuses on uh, modeling type 2 diabetes using human tissues, uh, human primary islets. Um, maybe I can step a couple of steps back to talk about a bit of ambition of my group at Insphero. So we are very much interested in standardization, automatization, and optimization of the human islet research. I think um, there are brilliant ideas. There are um, very valuable um, information that already accumulated over many years. I, but I, I personally see the biggest challenge of the field is the complexity of the tissues we have to work with and the scarcity of the tissues that we have to work with, which slows down the field very much. Yeah, so, you're not alone in that uh, appreciation. I think that's totally right on, right on the money. Thank you. And um, basically, we are trying to, first of all, by standardization, um, we're trying to get rid of everything that is not biologically relevant uh, that causes donor to donor or isolation to isolation variation in human islets. Secondly, uh, we uh, try to model the disease, both type one and type two diabetes in vitro as close or as relevantly as possible. And one of the reasons why we don't, don't work with human type one D or type two, type, sorry, type two D islets or the islets coming from the diabetic patients is that we are um, also concerned about the uh, progression of the disease in different individuals as well as how because we can culture our islets 28 days in in the cell culture we are worried about whether we can reverse the, the disease to a certain extent so we are interested in actually at this point using healthy islets and then putting them under standardized very well characterized stressors and actually observe different responses from different donors and classify them and uh, of course as we know not everybody um, behave similarly under the same stress as 
we do also observe the islets don't behave the same as well, but uh, most of them uh, respond by increased basal and decreased stimulated insulin secretion as well as decreased insulin content. And this gives us very robust model of um, glucolipotoxicity basically in vitro, which we can use then for um, compound testing or target validation uh, for our collaborators. This is basically what we are trying to do. And in this paper, you will also see another ambition of us, which is modifying or uh, modification of gene expression in human tissues. And for that, we took adenoviruses as a system where we overexpress, um, in this case, basically a reporter or three reporters at once. But we do also studies it at Inspiro with you know other gene expression and uh, gene knockdown as well. And here you see basically our approach to how we optimize these studies. We have tried multiple MOIs in multiple times of the dissociation and the aggregation process to finally uh, tell the audience, if you approach these single cells as, at stage a or B with this many MOIs of adenoviruses, we get this much efficiency. So we also wanted to share with the rest of the community the best way to transduce very efficiently the human islets. Mm -hmm. And finally, sorry, if you want to say something, uh, I'll stop a minute. <laughs> it's fine. I just was uh, saying that you really, um, you really illustrated the methodology really well in this paper. And I think it's it's a great jumping off point for other people to try to, you know, follow, you know, follow up on this. Sure. And our plates and our um, services are also open to academics who wants to collaborate with us. So we will be very happy to collaborate with them or help them going through similar um, basically uh, projects um, using our techniques. Yeah, that's um, great. And finally, we also in this paper address uh, another question whether the re-aggregated human islets do um, graft well and do, do they survive well in the animals. Of course, the mice is not the pe best species to use because they have a different resting glycemia, very different than humans, so the islets automatically are slightly stressed. Despite uh, we show in the paper that the human islets can um, and graft very well, they get vascularized, not very much in the inside, but outside. They do um, vascularize very well. They survive very well, uh, at least this two months of period that we tested them. And they do respond to um, high glucose, high sucrose diet as well, uh, sorry, high sucrose, high fat diet as well by um, basically losing some of their uh, reporter activity, which is sensitive to uh, the nutrient studies, or let's say the, the health studies of the beta cell. Yeah. And so, so, and so you chose the uh, anterior chamber of the eye, right? Uh, in the nod mouse, because that's a immunoprotective space. Is that correct? I think that is still being um, debated. Mm -hmm. I think the initial studies, uh, they claim so, but then I think there has been also uh, contradicting reports. Um, we still use the immunodeficient mice uh, for that purpose. And uh, basically, I think the, the uh, location most importantly provides a very good window, a, a literal window, to observe yeah. the um, islet health uh, throughout this time. And we did not try to, you know, take over the glycemic control of this mice by 
you know, transplanting so many islets, which we could have because, you know, probably with a couple of hundred islets, we could do that. Um, but in this study, it was merely just to show them as a reporter. What I can tell you is that um, we can do very valuable work. I am very passionate about what we do and, and uh, we've come a long way. But of course, we always need in vivo information. And I think at least taking our islets and then placing them in animals where you can do similar tests and observe how they react in an in vivo situation is also an extremely valuable tool for, for the people who would be using uh, either, you know, reaggregated human islets like us or human islets uh, in general. So I think the, the whole idea of taking in, uh, uh, the same model, the same standardized model in vitro and then placing it down to in vivo to observe and compare the effects of a certain uh, treatment or you know, a, a compound, this, this would be a very valuable uh, tool for the field. Yeah, and so you, and, and can we just talk a little bit about why you, um, you know, the naming, Hewlett, human islet micro tissues. Rather yes. than, because, you know, so now it's sort of like eyelid implantation um, or something that's sort of like the terminology, but I, I liked that you kind of, you know, really put it right out there, human eyelid micro tissues and what's yes. special about that. So actually, there was an entire debate about this in the company when we were naming. So Inspiro generally calls their um, basically organoids or let's call it re-aggregated tissues, micro tissues. That, that's a big part of it. But initially, we were calling, uh, calling our islets micro islets. And uh, I came to the realization very quickly, they are one IEQ in size. So they're not micro at all. They are one islet. So that was a bit of a misleading uh, name for it. And it's also, I think, organoids a bit um, associated with the, I don't know, the ductal organoids. And then I think the um, uh, maybe sometimes even the ones with, uh, you know, um, certain extracellular matrix to them. Also, uh, I think pseudo islets are used so heavily for beta cell lines. Yeah. I We wanted to have something that is basically you know, doing the justification to how close these are to a real human islets. So we kept it human islets and just next to it is the micro tissue. So it's actually a, a tissue of, of the human islet just re-aggregated back without adding anything in there. Yeah, no, I like that explanation. And I wondered um, if you can kind of just imagine or just sort of talk about what are some of the experiments that, um, you know, scientists might come to you uh, looking to use your your your, your micro tissues for. We have a very variety of interests, and I think um, so. What I can tell you is that our main um, strength is assay development and disease modeling. So it's not very uncommon when scientists from across pharma or academia approaches us to develop something from scratch together that we may not yet have. And once we do develop it, it's generally because they want to test a certain hypothesis or a drug or, you know, a, a certain, um, you know, gene modification or as such in, in this system. So I would say we have had the privilege to do a lot of our R&D projects in collaboration, uh, such as the one that you see here with yeah. pharma and academics. Uh, and we've learned a lot from them and we've been very much enriched by them. And then the, the beauty, I think, of all this is that we are very clear to everyone that approaches us that we want it to be then, you know, for the whole field. So even if it's developed in a 
pharma or academic collaboration, and it's not exclusive. We generally, right away after it's optimized, we offer it to the other collaborators and other pharma, the, the essays and the systems. Of course, no information about the, the drugs or the, the genes or the other um, mechanisms that the customers will be interested in or the academics will be interested in. So are you sort of accumulating these lines and then um, you, am I right in thinking that you can maybe personalize them for a, a specific study? So let's put it this way. We're working 95% of the time with fresh human islets. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we do work with animal uh, islets, mainly red islets. Mm -hmm. We have a some projects upcoming that is uh, in, interested in pig islets. Mm. Um, we have a few people that we are collaborating with in the stem cell field, but that is with the people who has only the capacity to develop their own beta-like cells from stem cells. So we don't do that and we are not interested in developing our own lines. I see. However, recently we have mastered the skill to um, cryopreserve single cells from dispersed human islets and to be able to make islet market tissues from cryopreserved single cells. So yes, we do reserve lots for people who needs a continuous supply of the same donor material. Okay, that's great. Yeah, that's sort of what I was getting at in terms of you know how you serve your customer base. Mm -hmm. And so at the you're you're really at the intersection of science and industry here. And I wondered, um, you know, what projects are you are, are ahead, if you can even comment on this, for you internally at Inspiro? Yes. So uh, we are preparing a publication, uh, again, with a, a big pharma and a big academic name. Uh, so it's going to be also a three-way collaboration um, that is very much focused on type 1 diabetes and modeling of type 1 diabetes on, in, in DISH, basically, and showing different ways that we can robustly do this and some of the endpoint assays we could do very robustly and reproducibly using these models. Again, with the aim of inspiring or um, maybe, you know, uh, in initi initiating more collaborations with people having the same ambitions. Another um, work we are interested in is we are, um, I think not so many people is aware of this, but we are a company that doesn't on, only do tissue engineering, but we really do also market tissue plate engineering. And uh, we are currently working on uh, immunocompetent competent, um, flow systems where we are very much interested in adding more complexity to our uh, disease models by introducing the immune cells into our flow systems or the, the chips that uh, are a bit more simplified, not a complete flow, but um, a bit of gravity and force flow systems. Um, another uh, project we have is uh, trying to have a platform called Metabolism on a Chip, which we started by combining liver and islets at this point. Fantastic. No, these are really interesting. So if someone is, you know, listening, a scientist is listening in California, say you guys are in um, the Zurich area, um, what's the first step? Contact you and then, um, you know, have a discussion about what their project entails. I mean, just sort of walk us through a partnership. Sure. 
Um, that depends on, of course, always where the funding is coming from. If we assume the person who is coming with the funding that is uh, allocated to that study, we are always uh, open to uh, initially having a kickoff meeting, discussing, uh, you know, their interests, our capabilities, and then everybody generally goes back to their corner, does a bit more research, and then come back together for actually a project-specific kickoff meeting. And um, we will have it, uh, you know, going either the R&D project to set up a new essay or a new platform or the using our own already developed prop, uh, platforms with the, the people's, I don't know, targets or compounds that they are interested in. Another thing we do a lot is um, mobilizing our internal data, such as our NGS libraries. Mm. Um, for um, Especially we do this a lot for academics nowadays. Um, you know, to enrich their uh, research with, you know, is my gene of interest is also regulated in human islets in under the same stress or not. So we do these collaboration nowadays a lot as well, not just with academics, but also with pharma. Yeah. Um, with academics, it's a bit different, I would say. We are getting more and more involved in the academic um, relationships and writing uh, grants with them or applying for certain grants that are uh, involving SME, a small to medium uh, uh, enterprises. Um, so we are interested in it and we are doing it in our capacity as well. And sometimes, you know, we also bring certain projects forward. And so for this, basically, the projects we have interest in certain uh, essay development or certain, I don't know, um, hypothesis testing, we sometimes ourselves approach to academics or the pharma asking them whether they're interested in doing this project with us. Multiple different ways, honestly. Um, but what I can tell you is we are interested in working with academics. We want to um, accelerate that relationships a lot more and are uh, already also, also recently started academic access programs where, um, you know, there are certain advantages to the academics. Yeah, no, that's great. Well said. And so um, it seems like you have a very seamless onboarding, um, you know, system and that you've got all the tools in place to really uh, expand someone's project. So it really sounds interesting. Um, I wondered if you can just comment on, you know, are you um, looking for team members um, right now at Insphero. Uh, is there a website people can go to to learn more? Yes, actually, um, we have, uh, we will expand our team by, by one more scientist this year. Um, and also, uh, we have a careers web page where uh, we have quite actually a dynamic, uh, you know, um, uh, how to say ads going off uh, online there, and I encourage people to to look at it. I think Inspira also is a great place to uh, consider if you're if people are considering a career change, because all our business development people as well as marketing people has biology backgrounds. Uh, most of them actually do have PhDs, and uh, because we are doing such a scientifically oriented business we do need these people with a very good scientific insight as well so if they are considering a change as well I think Inspira is a good place to to look into as well yeah it sounds very cutting edge and um, you know with the advent of this paper the publication of this paper I think a lot of people will be looking at you know what you are doing and and how they might partner with you in the future it's really exciting time for you and I'm I'm happy to see um, that, you know, it's doing so, it's going so well. 
Thank you. Thank you very much, Monica. It, it means a lot and uh, it, uh, to hear your appreciation. And uh, we're trying our best. Uh, we're basically, as, as, as I said, we're trying to bring the academia and industry closer. And yeah. uh, that's a very little niche. Yes. yes, and that's a very um, admirable, um, you know, adventure, uh, admirable place to be. And we celebrated, I think that the the partnerships between academia and industry can really strengthen the way that uh, type 1 diabetes research uh, pushes forward. I mean, they both have different skill sets, the technical skill set from the academics and the sort of the streamlined uh, go-to-market, <laughs> you know, um, outlook for from businesses can really partner really well so um and i would i'm I, i'm thinking that bar uh, Burkak is um a member on the sugar science so if you um join us we have a private internet on our um on our website and you can reach out to her there or you can reach out to her you know via her own website and uh, learn more but uh i would encourage everyone to really look at uh, what they're doing at Inspiro and I think that this is going to be a really interesting company to watch. Thank you again, Rakak. Thank you very much, Mr. Thank you. Have a great day.